Well, good evening, everybody, and I just want to welcome you to Sunday night service. Um, I want to talk to you tonight about being distracted and about having our priorities straight in the Lord. Um, if you're like me, sometimes your little head can just be going all over the place trying to figure things out and trying to figure what to do. And, you know, now there's monkeypox and food shortages and gas shortages and prices and all these things that are going on. And God wants us to stay focused on Him. And we don't really know. You know, we know we're in the last days, but we don't really know how we're going to act when there's no food, when there's no electricity, when there's no whatever we, we need. We don't really know for sure. I mean, we can think about it. We can get spiritual and say, oh, I'm, God's going to meet all my needs. Well, the rain falls on the just and the unjust, Christian. In other words, we're going to suffer right along with the unjust. Okay, I, I, I know that uh, many of you have heard for years, you know, it's going to get, the world is going to wax worse and worse, but for the Christian, it's going to act, it's going to get better and better. It doesn't say so in the Bible. That was just said to soothe you and to keep you coming back on Sunday so you wouldn't be afraid. I'm telling you that you're going to be afraid. That's so unspiritual, isn't it? <laughs> but none of us have ever faced times that are coming. We don't really know how we're going to act. By the grace of God, hopefully we all act civil to one another. Amen? But the time to start acting is now, when it's still easy. Amen? So open your Bibles, if you have them, to Luke 10. And I want to start in verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she should help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled about many things. Martha was very distracted. And worldly care can really be a snare to all of us. Amen? Yeah. It can become a snare. We can get so encumbered and so pressured and so just caught up in this world that we forget who we are in Christ. We forget that we're really spirit beings. We forget that this world is but a moment and a blink of the eye. We forget we're supposed to be witnesses to a lost and dying world because we get so distracted and so caught up with the moment. We get caught up with everything. It's just so easy to get caught. So we need to uncatch ourselves and we need to be like Mary in the Bible and sit at the feet of our Master. Amen? I don't 
like it when my prayer time gets disrupted in the morning, and it often does. Different things, cats jumping on the books, husbands yelling from the other room, um, different things that happen. Um, I don't like it. Um, I like my prayer time. Because if I don't have my prayer time, then my mind seems to wander and it seems to get a lot worse. And sometimes I just get distracted with different things. But we have to set our, our faith and our spirit like flint. And we have to carve out our time. You may not do it in the morning. You may have it in the evening. Whatever is comfortable for you. But you have to be very vigilant around that time that you spend with just you and the Lord. Because that's more important. You know, Jesus said, my meat is, you don't know what my meat is. He went out to pray with the Father and he came back full. And we need to go and we need to pray and we need to seek God. We need to sit with the Lord and get full. Because each day is a challenge. You know, we have Antifa right down in Denton. We do. We, they destroyed, they, they took the pregnancy center and, and did some damage to it last week. They had to carry them out and they had a conservative person. Of course, it's a college town, so there would be young people there that are impressionable. But it's not that far away from our doorstep, is what I'm trying to tell you all. And wherever you live, it's not far away from your doorstep. Evil, evil is everywhere. Evil is everywhere. And we have to be careful that we don't get distracted. You know, in the year 2030 is when that great reset is coming. I don't know if you've read anything about it, or we should probably do just one teaching on that. But the great reset is you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. They're trying to get all property taken away, everything taken away. You know, with artificial intelligence, I was listening to a ministry um, and they said artificial intelligence eventually is going to become so intelligent that not even the handlers are going to be able to handle them. And we've seen science fiction movies, or I've seen them, where the artificial intelligence goes crazy and it starts dictating. Well, that's not so far from the truth. That can very well be the beast. Because you can get artificial intelligence... But it does come in handy, like I had a problem with my Amazon order, and I was talking to somebody who wasn't there, and uh, they took care of my order, and they took care of everything, like in a blink of an eye, and it was like, well, all right, so it's not all bad, all technology isn't bad, but right now it's in the hands of evil, and it's in trouble, we're, we're in trouble. And it's not going to skip over the Christian. And I'm afraid that the body of Christ has thought, because they have been lulled by thinking, oh, it's going to get better and better for the Christian. No, read your Bible. It's never better for the Christian. It never is better for the Christian. And I'll say that again. Read the book of Acts. Read Jeremiah. Read Isaiah. Isaiah was cut in half. So we want to, we, we all want to have that religious, oh God, use me, use me. Well, there's a price that comes. Look at what happens when people step forward and they start speaking out against the evil. They're a target. It's not, you've got to be bold, you've got to be sure of yourself. 
you have to know what you're doing, and then you have to be willing to make yourself be a target in your family. So, no, Christian, it's not going to get better and better in the end times. I'm sorry to tell you, and I hope that it scares you enough that you go back to the Bible and back to basics and stop listening to false prophets. Stop listening to people that are going to tickle your ears and tell you that it's going to get better and better. Do you know by September they want to do away with all of our money? So it'll all be digital. You'll have a credit score like they have in China. If you're a Christian, you better watch out because your credit score is going to be pretty low and you're not going to be able to do, you're not going to be able to give to your church maybe. Because they'll see it and they'll go, oh, no, you can't do that. They're doing it now to a point. But it's going to get worse. Can we survive this? By the grace of God. And that's why we come to church. And that's why we have Sunday night service and Wednesday night service. Because we're passionate about getting people the right kinds of food. Letting them see. and warn. We need to warn people about this time. Not to sleep. Don't go to sleep, but on the other hand, don't get so petrified that you just tune it all out because you can't bear it anymore. So we have the other extreme, too, where you can get so fed up and tired of hearing things that you just don't want to hear any of it, but you need to hear it. It's like when the doctor gives you a diagnosis, you need to hear the diagnosis, but then you go to God with it and say, okay, God, what do I do now? See, our life is not our own as a Christian. We were bought with a price, with that precious blood of Jesus Christ. I want to read it. You can just a couple more chapters over in Luke 12. It says, And he spoke a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully, and he thought within himself, what shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This I will do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be, be merry. But God said unto him, You fool. This night your soul shall be required of you. Then who shall these things be which has been provided? See, sometimes we're looking so far in the future that we don't hear God when he says give something away or do something. He says you're a fool. He said so is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. Now I want to just temper that a little bit and say there's nothing wrong with having something. There's nothing wrong with having money. Many of you have worked hard and you've saved and you have some money and there's nothing wrong with having it. It's just that when you start thinking about the wrong way, because everything is owned by God. God owns everything. At any time, he can require it of us. And that's what he was saying in this parable is you were not rich toward God. And he called him a fool. And then he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, which you shall eat, neither for the body, which you shall put on. The life is more than meat, 
and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and the Lord feeds them. How much more are you better than the fowls? So he said, take no thought. See, this is where we get into trouble as we start getting distracted with our thoughts. He said, take no thought. But we take thought. We get distracted like Martha. We get encumbered by things. Well, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And which of you, by taking thought, can add this to his stature, one cubit? Okay, so what are, when we're so distracted and in a dither, what have we gained by that? Can we add anything by being distracted and, and being just, ah, oh, what are we going to do? If you then be not able to do that thing which is the least, why do you take thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not, and yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, which is today in the field and tomorrow into the oven, how much more shall he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not, and seek not ye what you shall eat or what you shall drink, neither be of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you have need of things. Do you know that God knows that we need food? I mean, that sounds so basic. But God already knows we need food. But rather, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Fear not, little flock. But see, if we sit and we fret and we try to make things happen and we go, well, what are we going to do? You know, can, should we store more food? Should we do this? Should we do that? Hey, you know what? You can store food. You could, we could fill this whole sanctuary with food. Tornado come by and eat it all up. Grasshoppers can come by and eat it all up. And I'm not saying don't prepare. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying don't get that as your focus. Don't focus on, you know, well, we got to store more food. we got to do this. we got to do that. Don't get your focus off of that. Get your focus on God. Because remember, God did give Joseph a plan in the Old Testament on how to get through seven years of famine. But Joseph could hear God. And that's what we're trying to get to you today is hear God. Hear the plan of God. Get what God has for you to do. Don't just go in a dither and, and start saving up beans and start doing this and start doing that. You may have to flee your house and leave all of your food behind. I mean, I don't know. I'm not prophesying anything. But I'm just saying it could happen. A lot of things can happen and we're not even... Who would have thought? You know, you, you look back at three years ago, who would ever thought we'd be here today? Who would ever thought a week ago we'd be here? Things change so quickly. There's so many things going on. It changes. We don't ever... We don't know what this is going to look like or how bad it's going to get. We just know it's going to be bad. So that's why now, while you still have time, prepare yourself spiritually. 
the stronger you are spiritually, the more you're going to be having the victory in these things. Amen? Not a sin to have things. The sin is to put more importance on material wealth than spiritual wealth and feeding. Psalm 24.1, just a reminder, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they who dwell within. Mm -hmm. God still owns it all. Amen? Amen? He still owns it all, but he's permitting evil because this world is under judgment right now. He's trying to get the last bit of fruit in before the return of the Lord. He's trying to get the backslider in. He's trying to get the people in. So he's permitting evil. In good times, people sometimes don't think about God. I mean, it's sad to say. But we can't afford to let the current events distract us from eternity. The Christian church is under attack right now with CRT and the white patriarchy. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of funny, but nobody listens to us anymore because we're old and we're white. <laughs> um, you know, it's ridiculous, but they're trying to dismantle Marxism, dismantles every, it goes into a country and it dismantles every tradition. That's why you see with the statues coming down a couple of years ago. That's why you see dismantle. That's why you see things like the 1619 Project. Everything that can be dismantled. Every cultural thing. So it can be controlled. Christianity is the, the backbone of this nation. And it's being dismantled while we're, while we're asleep. And it's trying to pit the black Christians against the white Christians. Mm -hmm. And we have to be careful of that. God didn't make a mistake when he made me white. And he didn't make a mistake when he made you the color you are. It's all one blood. It's all the same. So don't get into, in your mind, a race mind that, you know, they're better or they're worse or they're... This country is the land of equal opportunity. And it has been for a long time. Otherwise, we never would have had a black president if there was so much racism and discrimination. and We wouldn't have Ben Carson as a um, surgeon, a brain surgeon. There's so many people of color that have made a difference that if there was extreme racism the way it's being sold right now, that black people couldn't even get out of their own way. And that's not the way it is. This is the land of opportunity for everybody. That's why we have a problem on the border, is because everybody wants to come to this country. It's such a bad country, people wouldn't want to come in. They'd be going the other way. But we have to stay in peace. We have to understand that Christianity is under attack. We have to understand that Churches like ours are under attack because we are old and we are white. And there's no other way to say it. It's pathetic. But it's the way it is. And that's why we have to be in our Bibles and get the plan for that day for God. I'd like you to turn if you could, to 1 Peter chapter 3. And I'm going to start with verse 8. It says, finally, 
be all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are there unto call, that you should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that speak no that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of them that which is good? But and, but, and, and if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are you, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you as evildoers, they may be ashamed that they falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better... If the will of God be so, that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. For Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by our spirit. By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometimes were disobedient. When, the one, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Okay, so God, we know that God is long-suffering. We know that God is patient. We know that God is just waiting for the harvest to come in. We know also that we're going to see a summer of social unrest like we've never seen mm -hmm. because they've already declared it. They're going to burn it all down. Isaiah 57, 20 through 21 says, But the wicked are like the troubled sea, when it cannot rest, whose water casts up mire and dirt. There is no peace, says my God, to the wicked. The wicked are peaceful. The wicked are always looking for more things to get into and more things to do. Just when you think you might get a rest in this country from all the garbage that's going on, something new comes up. Why? Because evil is always churning, just like the sea. Agitation is everywhere. But we have to take, not take the bait. We have to stay in God's peace. Romans 12, 18 says, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. And this is a warning for Christians. Don't bite and devour one another. It's like biting and devouring your own family or your own flesh. You know, I said, to, I said to Clarence the other day, I'm choosing not to be offended at anybody because I, I need the people on my team to be on my team. Amen? Amen? If they're Christians, we need to get along with everybody who is like-minded because in these last days, we're going to need everybody. And you don't need to be at odds. I mean, it's so silly when you think about the things that you get at odds about with somebody. It's like, we don't need to do that anymore. We can't afford to do that because it's going to cut off your spiritual life. So if you are offended at somebody, 
call them up and make it right. Amen? Yeah. And if they're dead, then go to their grave and make it right. Mm -hmm. But live offense-free. Don't take the bait. It's easy to get offended. It's even easy to get offended at the wicked that are doing their work. They're the, their father, the devil. But so were we once. I mean, we were probably out spray painting things and screaming obscenities. At least I, I don't think so. But even if we were, we're not that anymore. But we still had that sin nature in us that would cause us to do that. Amen? So before we get on our high horse and think that we're all that, let's just remember where we came from. Amen? So we want to live in peace with all men. Now, if they don't want to be peaceful, that's another thing. Jesus did say, um, shake the dust off your feet and move on. But as far as it is with you, as far as it lies with you, we have a lot of power in our own lives not to get upset, not to get distracted, not to be hateful. We have the power in our own lives to do that. Amen? Yeah. Don't let somebody's opinion of you or what they say, don't let that get inside of your spirit. Amen? Amen. Give them a good answer. It says in Romans 14, 19, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify one another. 1 Corinthians 14, 33 is a reminder. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. God is the author of peace. We need to study our Bibles in the morning. We need to pray to God in the morning so we keep our peace. Because there's unpeaceful things happening. So we can't take those seeds. The devil's planting distrust. He's planting negative things. He's planting all kinds of things in our mind. And you can recognize it. Or, and I've said this many times, if he says, well, what if, what are you, what are you going to do? Well, what if this happens? Or what if that happens? Well, you know, it's not from God. Because God knows what's happening. God's never going to give you a what-if scenario. So don't get down that rabbit hole of, well, what are you, what are you going to do? What, what if there's no food in the grocery store? Well, what if, what if you're going to do if thieves break in? Or what if, what if, no. That's not what we're going to think on. Because those are little distractions sent to send you off in a dither, to send you away from God and away from the Prince of Peace. God operates in peace. Even in the midst of a war, you can have peace. Amen? It says in 1 Thessalonians 5.13, Be at peace among yourselves. Be at peace. Do you know how much easier it is to be in peace than it is to be all clenched up and upset? Just be at peace. Make a decision. You might say, I don't know how. Well, make that decision to be in peace, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, if you don't know how, just say, God, I don't know how to be in peace. You're going to have to show me by the Holy Spirit how to be in peace. But you can be in peace. It says in Hebrews 12, 14, it says, Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall ever see the Lord. Just be peaceful. Mm -hmm. Well, that sounds easy. Well, it is when you consider the alternative. 
If you're not peaceful, your cortisol levels will go up, your blood pressure will go up, you'll start to have ulcers, you'll start to have restless nights. Just stay in peace, your digestion will be better. You'll be all knotted up and crazy. Just stay in peace. It's easy if you just determine that. Amen? I don't want to lose my peace. Because I can be one crazy lady if I lose my peace. I don't like it when I lose my peace. Because then I have to go and repent and I have to eat some of my words. So it's better for me to stay in peace. It's better for you to stay in peace. Amen? One more, and that's in Psalm 46, and I want to read that to you. Because this is what started it for me. And it just gave me, it flooded me with peace because my mind was just going all over the place. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will we not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the middle of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her and that right early. God's going to help us. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He attended his, he uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he has made in the earth. He makes wars to cease unto the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in sunder. He burns the chariot in, in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Amen. The God of Jacob is our refuge. He says, be still and know that I am God. There's nothing going on in this planet that God doesn't know ahead of time. I feel sorry for the wicked. I feel sorry for these politicians and these people that are controlling things right now. Because the end, it, their end isn't good. It says in Psalm 73, when we consider the end of the wicked, Behold, these are the ungodly, verse 12, who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I shall offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful to, to me until I went up into the sanctuary of God that I understood their end. Surely you did set them in slippery places. You cast them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terrors. That's what's awaiting the wicked in this world. As a dream when one awakens, O Lord, 
When you awaken, thou shalt despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was pricked in my reins. So foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holding me by thy right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterwards receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth whom I desire besides thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but the Lord is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, they are far from for lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all of them that go whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I put my trust in the Lord God, that I may declare all thy works. The end of the wicked is terrible. The end of the Christian is life everlasting with Jesus Christ. We have to remember that. Don't fear. Don't get distracted in these last days. No matter what happens, God is on our side. And if God be for us, who can be against us? God is with us always. He'll guide us. He'll get us through the times that we're not sure of, the times that we're afraid. God will be there and he'll help us. But we've got to not get into, my husband calls it a dither. I guess I've been calling it a dither too. We can't get into a dither about it. But we have to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and encourage our fellow Christians to trust God. Amen? Amen. Encourage them that God is still on the throne. That God sees everything that's going on. Our part is to forgive people and stay in peace. Do whatever you have to do to stay in peace. It's the peace of God that passes all understanding. When you're in peace, you're going to make right decisions. You're not going to be pressured to do something because you're, you're in a panic. When you're in peace, just think of Jesus when they came to get him in the garden and he said, you don't take my life, I lay it down. We don't, we're not going to have our lives taken from us. We're going to lay it down when it's time. Amen? Amen. We're going to lay it down because we're going to be just like Jesus. Amen? Amen? There's so much power to that, that we are choosing to lay down our lives for our fellow man. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we stay in peace. Lord, we stay in peace. Father, that our time with you is, is the only thing that's important because that's where we get our strategies from. That's where we get our peace from. Father, that each and every one that's been harassed and distracted, Father, we're taking authority right now in the name of Jesus over every assignment, over everything that has caused us to lose our peace. Yes. Father, that if we've got people that we're holding grudges toward and holding on to things and it's causing us turmoil, Father, give us the grace to let it go. Amen. Father, we thank you as we're in dangerous times and we see it every day. Yes. But Father, that you would give us the strategy just for tomorrow, Father, just for today, yes. just for tomorrow, just for that one day at a time, Lord. Yes that we would have the victory and we just give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know what? We have...
each other. And because we have each other, we've got the power of the Holy Ghost. The Bible said, if any two shall agree on earth as touching anything that's done to the Father which is in heaven. There's power in unity. And I tell you what, church, we need to get a hold of this message tonight and we need to just say, Lord, I can be strong. I can be what you've called me to be. You know what? We can, we can love the unlovely. <laughs> we can love those that's unlovable. But the most important thing is we can be what God's called us to be and do what God's called us to do. Amen. Because He's real. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see.
should bring hope to our heart. Should minister peace to our spirit. And should bring joy to our spirit because we know he's coming soon. I mean, that's what it's been all about for years. That's what we've talked about all these years. And now we're living in that time. We're living in the hour when this thing is wrapping up. It's wrapping up rapidly. You know what? We're privileged to be part of that end time move of God. In spite of it all, in spite of all the evil, in spite of everything, God's going to show himself mighty on behalf of his people. And I mean the world and those that are don't you know the enemy that was against God's people? They were amazed at how God intervened supernaturally for them. And I tell you what, even in this day and time that we're living in, the evil ones are going to be amazed at how God intervenes That's right. for God's people and His church. That's right. this, it's not over until God says it's over. Amen. When God says it's over, we're going to hear Trump sounds. Praise the Lord. Victory's ours. Father, we just thank you tonight for ministering to your people. God, we thank you that there's hope in your word. There's confidence in your word. There's faith in what you promised us. God, we thank you that we don't have to leave here in fear. We don't have to leave here in doubt and unbelief. We can leave here strong in faith and giving glory to God for the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we just give you praise for it. In Jesus' name. We just praise you for it in the name of the Lord. Amen. God bless all of you. We'll see y'all again this Wednesday night.